Welcome to Tea with Tanya podcast. Every week, I'll be brewing up a perfect blend of public health stories, which will include maternal and reproductive health, career and academic advice, self-love, health and wellness tips. Join me, your host, Tanya. I'm a public health professional working in maternal health. I'm a birth and postpartum doula, a placenta encapsulation specialist and certified lactation counselor by day. And I'm your average tea-loving millennial and content creator by night. So pour yourself up a cup of tea and join me in the tea tasting room for your weekly dose of inspiration where you are the center of our conversation. This podcast is here to serve you. So come take a sip with me and let's start promoting positive living together. Hey, hey, welcome back to Tea with Tanya. Welcome, welcome. Happy to have you here. Another week, another Tuesday, new episode. I just want to say thank you to all of you who have shown out and showed up for the mindfulness series. We concluded last week, but let me just say the support you guys have shown by sending me WhatsApp messages, sending me DMs on Instagram, and by just even listening, because I can see that, has truly motivated me and has inspired me to continue to be consistent. Because I'll be honest, when I decided late 2022 to go towards the series slash theme route, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I also knew it was going to be something that was going to hold me accountable and to ensure that I was going to be consistent with the type of content I was going to put up, but also with being consistent with the, during the planning phase, the recording, getting it over to the editor, having the episode back to upload all these different things. It has truly motivated me and it's something that I thoroughly enjoy even more now. Like I actually look forward to sitting down, writing an episode or planning an episode and recording it. And of course now I'm I'm even more happy that I I get to send it to an editor. (laughs) But definitely it's given me a sense of purpose. Not so that I didn't have it before, but now I'm like, okay, this is actually my business. It's actually my my other baby, because let me tell you, I have so many children. It's, it's crazy. So working on my podcast consistently is like my my other child. I gave birth to it about two years ago. So now we're in the toddler stage and we know terrible twos. We know how that can be. <laughs> but uh, it, it has given me a sense of hope and, and purpose. So I, I'm happy and I'm looking forward to starting this new series that we're about to start on this episode. Last week on the end of the mindfulness series, we wrapped up with my girl Amber talking about intentional career planning. So how fitting that I am going to be starting a maternal health series. I know I just mentioned that my podcast is in the terrible twos or the toddler stage. So of course, you know, I didn't even think about that. But anyway, we're going to be talking about this is going to be a maternal health series before you skin your face up or you think, oh, here she go, or this is not going to be for me. I want you to take a moment to actually listen to this episode and to to the entire series because even, you know, it's for someone who may be pregnant, someone who may just had a baby, someone who's trying to conceive, or even if you may know someone to someone who's pregnant or just had a baby or all these different things. Because for me, I'm not pregnant. I don't have any kids. I only have kids by way of my nonprofit and this podcast and my doula business. Those are my kids. But, you know... I'm in my phase or I'm in the priming phase of pregnancy. And what I mean by that, let me just clarify that, okay? I am now, I had an epiphany. I think it was one of these episodes that we recorded. I think it was with Jay when we spoke about 
you know, working out or priming your bodies for preparing your bodies for pregnancy. And I was like, oh, that was an aha moment because here I am educating people who are pregnant or during postpartum or even trying to conceive, but I'm leaving myself out in the process. And I'm just like, no, girl, you're trying to have a baby. Granted, I may be a 40-year-old mom, okay? I'm going to just tell that right now. But I am in the primary or the priming stage of trying to conceive. And that's, that's by working out, trying to eat better, trying to be more mindful of what I'm putting in my body so that my body can be at its optimal health when that time comes. Because sometimes we often forget that. We just think, okay, you know what? Let's go have sex. Let this man come inside of me or... (laughs) The technical term, by having sex, you know how that process goes of conceiving the baby. And some of us think that that's the only way. No, we need to be working and priming our bodies from now if we know we're planning to have babies. So that can be priming your body. It can just be even just preparing your mind for for motherhood. So yes, so this theory is, is for you. If you think it's not, I say all that to say that it is for you. We have some good guests that will be on the podcast this this series. So I'm looking forward to it. But on today's episode, I'm going to talk about my journey into becoming a doula. And it's only right because I have a passion for maternal health. And I was a doula before I even knew I was a doula. And I know I've shared my story briefly here and there on social media. So I'm just going to tell you guys why or how or why and how I became a doula. I'm going to spill some tea. Some of it might be a little TMI and I don't know what. I'm just going to keep it real because I am who I am. And I was going to have a podcast if I can't be honest about why I'm doing certain things. Okay. Don't judge me. Okay. This is a safe space, judgment free zone here in this tea tasting world. All right. (laughs) I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a backstory as it relates to how I became a doula. Now, I have an older sister. Um, She's just five years old. I mean, hey, Toya. But she had my niece. Actually, this year is going to make 13 years. But anyway, she was pregnant with her first child. She lives in Vancouver, Canada. And at the time, I was living in New Jersey at going to school. I had just moved from Antigua to go to school. And she came to visit me. And, you know, she was pregnant. We were excited. You know, the first grandchild or the first baby in my immediate family. So it was an exciting time. But she was about 20 weeks, I think 20, 21 weeks pregnant when she came. Or at the time when the story I'm about to tell you happened. And. She came to visit me and we went to the Jersey Gardens Mall in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I'm just sitting this thing here. And, you know, it's a big mall. So for those of you who are not familiar, at the time, Jersey Gardens Mall was the biggest mall in New Jersey. Or that's what my uncle told me. So I don't know, fact check for me, but that's what he told me at the time. And I remember, I remember us going there. Because, you know, when you, when you go to vacation in New Jersey, that's a mall that you have to go to. But anyway, so we went to the mall and that mall is huge, guys. So you can walk on one side of that mall and not even complete or even go to every store or see every store in that mall. So we were walking around for a long time and it's tiring and all these different things. And I remember when we got home, we're taking the bus home. When we got home back to the house, my sister was like, she didn't feel, she was like, oh, I I don't, I didn't feel the baby kick today. Guys, at this time, I think I was like 19. I'm going to say 19, 20. I'm going to be. Probably, I thought it was 20. Oh, I wasn't quite 20 yet. So I'm going to say I was 19 because I turned 20 that later that month because that was in May. And she said to me, oh, T, I didn't see the, I didn't feel the baby kick. So maybe naive and don't judge me, guys. Because when you're 19, 20, you're not even thinking about how many times the baby should be kicking or you're not even thinking. I don't know. I was not thinking that, to be quite honest. And she said to me, I didn't feel the baby kicking. And I said, well, you know, she's probably just tired because we've been walking all day in the mall. That was 
<laughs> thinking back, that was one of them was naive. I'm not going to say the dumbest things I've said because I've said some, you know, one of the most naive statements I could have ever made. Telling my sister, who was 20, 21 weeks, who, who was used to feeling her baby move, and I'm telling her, the baby's probably tired because of all the walking that we did in the mall earlier that day. What in the world was I thinking? But anyway, so we called our mom. She was in Antigua. Our mom was like, you know, that's a bit abnormal. We should go to the hospital to see what happened. And I'm telling my sister, okay, let's just see. Again, she's probably tired. She's probably just sleeping. Baby's not meant to move every second. So we ended up waiting because this was like about 11 or 12 at night, I think it was. And early in the morning, the next day, she still wasn't really feeling any movement. So it was like limited movement. So my uncle took us to the hospital. Got to the hospital and she was admitted to labor and delivery right away. I will say shout out to those at the University Medical Center in Jersey City because she got admitted to the labor and delivery right away. They ran all these different tests and she was leaking fluids, all these things. We didn't even know what these terms were because again, one, it probably was an emergency. And two, what I've come to realize in this this work is that some doctors, they just run them out, talk, 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 not giving a damn about what the patient needs to understand. This is not all doctors. I'm just saying at the time. So this is all gibberish or gibberish to us. I foreign language don't know what they're saying. And anyway, long story short, they came back and told my sister that, you know, she's leaking fluid and they're going to have to deliver the baby. And they were like, you know, it's fifth, it's a 50-50 chance. And this is my memory, my recollection. I'm not sure if it's the same for my sister, but this is just my memory of what happened that day. And I remember them telling my sister that she the likelihood of the baby surviving was 50 50 and i remember the doctor can i remember his name it's been so long ago but he was they were basically leaning towards the negative aspect or the negative side of that 50 50 chance and i remember my sister looking at me she was so confused and again first baby she was so confused so distraught still trying to figure out what is going on because she did everything that she could to ensure that her baby was safe and now you're hearing it's a 50-50 chance and then you're also hearing that oh let's lean towards the negative part of the 50-50 like basically encouraging a termination or whatever is it they were trying to do that was my inter- interpretation and I remember stepping up because I'm the second child yes but I'm the little big sister as they call me I'm just the queen bee of the sisterhood I'm gonna just stop that so who if my siblings are listening you know I'm sorry for you guys you guys know I'm carrying the family on my back you know <laughs> But I remember telling them that, you know, let's just lean towards the 50-50 of the the chances of the baby surviving. We're going to do everything. We're going to pull out all the stops. I mean, I didn't say it in this tone, I'm going to be honest with you. Because one, I have an accent. And two, I was speaking dialect. I was just going off because you're not going to, no, we we are faith-based people. You're not going to tell us, oh, let's just go to where it's terminating. No, let's do this negative thing. No, we're going to say if there's a 50-50 chance, we're going to go towards that part of us or of the baby surviving. So fast forward, she ended up having the C-sec, emergency C-section, and my niece was born, our ladybug, and she barely weighed a pound, if even, to be honest. I think she she was just exactly a pound or something, but she was like really small, like she could fit in the palm of your hand, like that small. And I remember, you know, she was in the NICU. She spent the first her first year in, in the NICU, but she was there. We saw all these cards hooked up and we were in the hospital, sleeping on the hospital floor. Like, let me tell you, it was just a moment, okay? And it was in that moment at the time, I didn't even know what the word advocate meant, right? And after going through life, I realized that, okay, I was an advocate at the time or I acted as a doula for my sister during that time by providing, you know, trying to Google 
different things about what's going to happen if a child is born this way, all these different things I was Googling, you know, because at the time I was a Google doctor. And just having the support or being there to support my sister during that time. You know, it, it was a heartwarming experience, even though it was stressful. You know, imagine having a C-section and you're having to have your child in the NICU hooked up to all these different cords. You can barely hold her, all these different things. But I will, I will give a special shout out to the NICU nurses at that hospital. Because let me tell you, they were not only heaven sent, they worked their asses off. They just, they were amazing. Like my sister even became friends with a bunch of them. Even after my sister, they flew back to Canada after about six months of being in that hospital. Like they did their thing. You know, my sister, like I said, my niece, she spent her first year of life in the hospital and she's still here with us being born. Like she's, you know, we call her our miracle baby. And of course she's my ladybug. So that's the backstory is when I first got a glimpse into maternal health. And I said that to say, because after experiencing that, I wanted to become a nurse. I mean, I was going to be a nurse, but I wanted to become a nurse working in labor and delivery. Again, I didn't know that was like a maternal health aspect of the healthcare field. But I knew I wanted to become a nurse working in labor and delivery because of the experience that we had. And I wanted to be the one that was able to educate our moms, especially our black moms, because I'm not going to sit here and like, oh, no, like some black, white, we know the statistics as it relates to maternal mortality in this country, in the United States. So I wanted to be one to be an advocate to speak up, whether my tone wasn't going to be the best, because let me tell you, my tone sometimes, my delivery <laughs> is not always the best, but I have good intention. That's why when I say not always the best, I, I can come off sounding like a, you know what, but I'm just trying to get stuff done. I'm trying to advocate for my people. So that's when I knew I wanted to be a nurse in labor and delivery. Of course, you guys know the story of me going to nursing school, doing really well, then feeling out of the program and been trying to get my life back on track ever since. Well, it's back on track now, but I'm just saying during that time. So that was my first step in working in anything maternal health or being an advocate for someone in that position. It was with my big sister and it, it forever changed my life. But after on my quest to nursing school and after filling out of the program, I had to sit and decide, okay, you got to wait two years to actually even get back into a nursing program or I've gone to other schools where I've been rejected. Let me tell you, I was the rejection queen. Like my faith really pulled me out of being depressed and just being sad. My faith and the support system that I had around me because I was rejected letter after letter, school after school about not being able to enter the nursing program. So imagine, you know, having good grades, but then you failed a particular class and you, they're telling you you have to wait two years to get back into a program. Like I'm, I'm too old for this. I don't have time for that. Anyways, I discovered the field of public health by way of my aunt and we, I did my research and landed at the Georgia State University, shout out to GSU, and was majoring in public health. I had, I had a limited idea of what kind of job I could do in public health, but I decided, you know what, this is it, did the research, I, I saw the many potentials or the many opportunities that I would be able to have with a public health degree. So you go, I went for it. I went for it and I dived right into it graduated top of my class. I'm going to put that in there and plug myself. But <laughs> my first ever class, I forgot the name. I think it was Intro to Public Health. And I had a professor. His name is Jack Corey Cormier. I'm going to call his name Dr. Jack Corey Cormier. Handsome young man. <laughs> but he was my first professor in undergrad in public health. And, every, and then every semester after that, I had him at least once or twice 
depending on what class I was taking. And we just developed a relationship. I was on his research team and we just developed a relationship. It's not, it's not every time you meet a professor who's not that much older than you, but may have had their PhD or their professor and they really do want the best for their, their kids. You know, I was there for when he got married, when he was picking the ring for his wife. When I say, when I, say I was there, talking about like the class that we had an input in the type of rings that he was going to get or him and his wife were going to get, you know? So in case you get your man is going elsewhere. <laughs> And shoot, I was even there at his baby shower after graduating, but he became some, somewhat of a mentor. And I remember, you know, in the last episode that we had, the intentional career planning, Amber said that she didn't necessarily ask someone to be her mentor. She, you know, they developed a relationship and she wasn't like, oh, can you be my mentor? <laughs> but no, you develop relationship with different people and you, you seek them out for advice. And, you you know, it's, it's a two-way street. Because sometimes I think, you know, when you have a mentor, it's just all about, them pouring into you and you're not pouring into them. So, you know, he became somewhat of my mentor. He wasn't officially, we didn't say, oh, Dr. Cormier, could you be my mentor? No, we just developed a relationship where I would tell him certain things about my life and the future and these different things. And he developed a five-year plan for me. Well, we developed a five-year plan. And this was in 2019. This was my, my the year before I graduated because I ended up graduating in 2020. And we did that five-year plan with my input on an orange paper. And I still have that orange paper in my book where I have like a bunch of different notes and everything. And everything that he was asking me or what we were talking about, it kept coming back to homelessness and maternal health. Like whatever question he was asking me, where where do you see yourself? What do you want to do? And it came back to giving back to underserved communities. It came back to giving back to my country, which is Antigua. Like like, so the, the main things that were happening on my that five-year paper that we planned was homelessness, giving back to the people in underserved communities, period poverty. But at the time, I didn't necessarily know it was period poverty. I just remember I just remember going to Uganda that year for a study abroad and wondering, wow, when we give these pads and these clothes to these people, what's going to happen after we left? Are they going to bleed on themselves? All these different things. So it, it, came to, it came down to those things. Maternal health, homelessness, and reproductive health, we'll call that. And then I remember him asking me, and I'm just going to say this here, guys, because, you know, I'm still building my life here. Homelessness is still an issue for me. I still don't understand why people are even homeless to begin with. But that'll be another podcast episode. But I remember him asking me, why don't you become a doula to get your feet wet in maternal health? I said, Dr. Cormier, what in the world is a doula? And he started telling me, and I started doing my research. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I told him I'm going to do some research, right? So we had my five-year plan on my orange paper. And I told him, I'm going to do some research as it relates to maternal health. He even told me, and this is 2019, he even told me to apply for the grad the grad school maternal child certificate program that GSU had at the time, because they were just starting out. It was going to be a pilot program at the grad level and these different things. And let me tell you, I'm going to tell you how life can come full circle. But he even told me this, and I kept that paper. And every now and then, you know, I, would, I would try to manifest or write about it in the journal what I want to accomplish as it relates to where do I want, where do I see myself in public health? Because let me tell you, working in public health, like there's so many opportunities that it, it, to me, you can feel like you're being swallowed by a shark because you don't even know where to start. And if, unless you have someone who can be, again, like a mentor, like an Amber, like a Dr. Cormier, who I've mentioned several times in this podcast episode already, it's very hard to sometimes decide where you want to, to go in your career. I remember him telling me that. And then I remember, like I mentioned on the podcast last week with Amber, she she also told me, why don't you become a doula and get your feet wet? So it was the second person telling me this. So she even sent me an Instagram profile for a 
black doula at the time. What was she a midwife? A black doula who was doing big things. And then I was driving on the highway in Atlanta. I kid you not, in sucking traffic. If you if you listen to this podcast and you live in Atlanta, you know how that can be. And then I saw a sign. It was out on somebody's car or somewhere that's saying something about a doula. And I said, you know what? I don't know how many more signs got into show me, so let me get on it. And I remember going to the link on the person's profile that Amber suggested to me. And I was looking at doula classes. And let me tell you guys, first of all, I'm a college student. Okay. I was broke, broke. I was broke, 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 broke. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what? I'm not going to say I was broke. I was financially challenged at the time. And I couldn't, I remember, I just could not afford to pay for this doula class. And I was like, damn, first of all, one, I can't even afford to, to support a black business. And two, I can't even support myself to try to advance and, and get and get a career in maternal health. So I had to wait and fast forward to 2020 when I graduated college, had a job working in the public health field. At this time, you know, we're in the heart of COVID. So it was, jobs were just coming up, popping up, and it was just my, my chance to get my foot wet at the time. And in September of 2020, I did my research and found the different organizations that were offering classes. And I came across an individual in Georgia who had the class at a very affordable rate and, of course, had payment plans. And I, I took the dive. Didn't know what I was getting into. And I paid that money. Had to drive, I think, almost three hours from where I was living in Georgia to where the location was. It was every it was every weekend, like a three-weekend type class. And I did that for three three weeks. And let me tell you guys, it is the best decision as to how I became a doula. And I feel like I'm missing something. But outside of my sister and having that experience and realizing like for some reason, and I, I don't even think my sister realized how, how this particular pregnancy of hers impacted my life and just changed change my life, you know? And then of course, going to taking classes in public health, seeing the maternal mortality rate in the US compared to that in, let's say, Japan or even in England or some part in Asia or Europe, seeing that the US basically was at the bottom of the list. And then it got me thinking about even what, what is the maternal mortality rate like in my own country and these different things and so taking these classes talking to my professor talking to amber taking these classes in in school during my undergrad public health and then taking the doula the birth doula classes has truly you know it, it's the best thing so that's kind of how i became a doula i don't know if that was clear enough for you guys but that's how i became a doula because i just became passionate about wanting to educate because i realized i didn't know everything and i know if i didn't know everything i mean i still don't but if I didn't know some things, I can just only imagine that some people don't. The things that I was learning. And I went to my class and we did, you know, of course, our child, our childbirth education, breastfeeding basics class, all these different things. And I learned. So I learned so much that it was also even a lot to process, even after three weeks of training, to be quite honest with you. It was a lot to process. I learned not only about providing support to clients, but also how to build your doula business in that, in that training. So that, you know, it, it was very thorough. and. Guys, yeah, it's about to be almost three years since I've been a doula and since then, a birth doula. Since then, I've gone on to become a postpartum doula, literally in recent times. Even though they, they give you basic training in your birth doula training, you know, I actually went on just in 2022 to do my certification to become a certified postpartum doula as well. Then I've gone, I've since then gone on to be a certified lactation counselor. So, you know, I have three letters behind my name, CLC. I got three more to add. I got two more. To, like, there's just so many. That's besides the point. But you know, I've I've gone on to educate myself. I've I've done speaking engagements, even though 
I hate my speaking voice, yet I'm here recording a podcast because I just like talking. <laughs> I'm just like educating and having fun. But I have done speaking engagements as it relates to maternal health. You know, I even have one coming up and I'm so nervous about. So I've just done things because I'm, I realized and even I landed, I'm going to say my dream job because right now it's, it's a dream. Like I have not complained one time to get up to go to work. Granted, sometimes when I'm working from home, don't judge me. I work for 8.30 in the morning. I can literally roll up all the bed at 8 o'clock and just go into my office and record. I mean, and get to work. That's besides the point. But I don't because I'm an early riser. So I'm up journaling, doing these different things. But if I wanted to, you know, I could. So I have not complained one time. I actually get up looking forward to going to work. And work can be heavy. Work can be, like I was talking to my manager earlier, say work, work can be challenging, but in a good way. Because, I mean, nothing is meant to be easy. But the work that we do, working in maternal health, trying to reduce the disparities amongst the, the community here that I'm working in, trying to lower the maternal mortality and infant mortality rate. It's a lot. And, you know, I'm realizing that I'm working with some of these people and people just, people just don't know. And it's not even to knock anybody down. Some of us, we just don't know. You listening to this podcast and as you continue to listen to this series, because I'm just sharing my story with you guys and I'm just going to share, you know, the role of a doula so you get an idea. But well, as you continue to listen to this series, you're going to come to understand, wow, you know, we really need to be taking care of our bodies, be more mindful and all these different things as it relates. The work that it takes to conceive a child, to carry a child full term, and even if it's preterm, because you know preterm could be 36 weeks, could be 30 weeks, whatever it is, like the different intricacies of, of pregnancy, you guys are going to learn. And, you know, you'll have a better appreciation for, for families, for moms, these different things, because it's, it's not an easy process. Like your body goes through trauma when you're pregnant and when you're giving birth. It's a beautiful experience and empowering, but your body's going through trauma and not many people realize that. So I, I found my passion and I'm able to use my doula skills at work, even outside of work. You know, I I, I say to myself, I'm I'm in my educator bag these days because I, I am becoming a better teacher. I'm becoming a better public speaker. Shout out to my Toastmasters group here in the US. But you know, I'm becoming a better and here I go saying, you know, that's a, a word we're not supposed to use when we're talking, but here I go. But guys, I am I'm who I am one day at a time. <laughs> But I am going through, I'm in my rebuilding phase, like I mentioned on one of my episodes, but I'm also in my education teacher bag, where I'm trying to educate and teach about breastfeeding, postpartum, all these different things. Because again, as women, whatever you may identify as, you know, you just need the support. And our role as a doula is is to do that. You know, as a, as a doula, we are here to offer, you know, physical support, physical support emotional support, informational support. And this is during your pregnancy, at childbirth, and even postpartum. Because sometimes postpartum is a, is a phase in the pregnancy journey that we don't often focus on. Or, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, because some of these things you can Google, oh, what is the role of a doula? But I do want to just share some tips here coming from one doula to you guys listening to my beautiful voice here, that we, we are here to offer you physical support, emotional, informational, and of course, um, we are non-medical professional. Let me just say this right here because I've had people ask me, do you catch babies? No, ma'am. No, sir. I, I don't. I don't. I wish I, I'm, I'm not there yet. It's, it's coming though. <laughs> it's coming, but I don't like, I don't, we don't catch babies. We're just here to offer you these support as you go through providing education. So you know what your body's going through at different stages and different phases in your, in your pregnancy, what is going to go through when you're in labor, how long labor can take. So we, we're here to do all that as it relates to you. 
we are here. We are, we probably see you more than your doctor. Uh, for me, I, I see my clients pretty often. Sometimes I'm even at doctor's appointments with them because, you know, I want to ensure that I'm not speaking on their behalf, but I'm, I'm their advocate, but I'm also ensuring that they are educated enough to know what questions to ask their provider when they see them, you know? So that, that's one of my, my goals. And some benefits, you know, you have some reduced rates of cesarean sections. And of course, having a C-section is not a bad thing because, you know, we're going to talk about some myths. But having a C-section is not a bad thing either, but we're here to reduce that rate, reduce the use of pain medica- medication, and also just to help improve birth outcomes, trying to reduce their disparities, help to improve birth outcomes. Like no one should be dying at childbirth in this day and age. We're in 2023. It just doesn't make sense to me. So we're here to reduce all of that to provide you peace of mind. You know, we're here to provide physical comfort measures such as, you know, massaging, different positioning, breathing techniques during labor. Because let me tell you, these breathing techniques, guys, like for me, I know you probably think, oh yeah, I know how to inhale and exhale. Or you see in the movies when they're talking about you got to breathe, breathe this way. No, we, there are breathing techniques that you we help you, we have to teach you so you can have during labor. And then, of course, we're here to offer emotional support and encouragement during the birthing process, not only for the pregnant individual, but also to the partner. Because sometimes, oftentimes, we we tend to leave our partners out. And I'll have an episode talking about that. But we tend to leave our partners out. But as a doula, I do all this to also provide support not only to the pregnant individual, but to the partner. Get you involved. I mean, I'm here to help you. You and your family, yes. That's my role. That's what you're paying me for. But no, you got to get involved. Get your hands dirty. So that's definitely one of the the role that we play as well. You know, having a doula, you can, you can, we can result in shorter labor. And I know I mentioned about reducing the need for pain medication. Now, I know there's like, there's always some myth about, some misconceptions rather about doulas. And let me just say this, because sometimes they're like, oh, doulas are here to replace medical professionals. No, that is absolutely false. F-A-L-S-E. It is false. We're not here to replace any gynecologists or midwives. We do not provide medical care. So there's no way that we can replace that. So when you're listening to this and you're thinking about hiring a doula, no, we're not here to just encourage you to only, oh, you can only have a natural unmedicated birth. No, we're here to offer you support no matter what it, what it is. It could be a natural birth that could be vaginal with or without pain medication. We're there to support you even if you have a C-section, if you have to be induced, you know, all these other medical interventions, we, we are there to support you regardless of the type of birth you have. So I want to point that out. As a doula, whatever birth you desire, we're here to advocate and ensure you get the birth that, that you want. No birth is better than the other. All birth or some, most births are technically empowering. And I like to say all birth, that may not be everybody's take. Well, no matter what it is, it is empowering because when you have to carry a child for as long as you do, to bring a child into this cruel world, like it is empowering, you know? So it is false. We're not here to catch babies. Although I will say this, guys, <laughs> don't judge me, but I just like looking at vaginas. And I think being a doula has just put me in a the perfect position to look at vagina any time I want to. Like it's just seeing that process. And when I'm talking to my clients, we're going to talk about how big your vagina is going to get. It's real. And for me, I, I try to bring the re- reality to my clients, like, you, your vagina is going to get big. You, you're going to have a swollen vagina after you push that baby out. Let's be for real. You know, I'm going to be there to put the eye stock on said vagina for you. <laughs> but that's just honestly, I just like seeing the, I like to see the process during labor when I can see my clients are putting everything that I would have taught them into play. 
like I had my, my last birth in 2022, that was one of the most empowering births I've ever been a part of. And I said that because it was my first time working along with a midwife and just to see my client was literally doing everything that I told her, even without my encouragement. Like she didn't even give me the chance, honey. But you know, of course, I mean, of course I did my part, but I'm just saying, it's just, it's always important seeing that she got her V-back. We were in the shower, getting all soaked in the shower, making sure she was comfortable, but just seeing the body, how the, you know, you can see when the baby's head is coming down into the pelvis and then you see it's coming up to the vagina to see how your vagina can just as I'm just going to say, keeping it, it can stretch to accommodate no matter what size your baby is, it's going to do what it's going to do. You know, so seeing all of that. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just like, I can look at vaginas all day, every day is what I'm thinking. You know, I should probably become a midwife, but we're going to see because I like what I'm doing right now in my career, but who knows? But that that's another reason why I became a doula. Don't judge me. I like looking at vaginas. They come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> so definitely, you know, we're here as a doula too support you so you can have the desired birth outcome that you you may want and even if you don't get the desired birth outcome that you you want for whatever reason that may be we're still here to to offer you that that support so yeah guys i'm I'm just gonna encourage you to if you're someone you know they're all different types of doulas let me just say that really quickly you know you have fertility doulas you have what well, i forgot what's what's the other term loss doulas that they help with if you have experienced pregnancy loss you know you're going through a tough time sometimes your family may not even know how to show up for you because death and grief and all these different things they're very real so they, they have yeah infertility you have a loss doula or grief and loss doula you have birth postpartum you have community doulas all these different things so we are just here to ensure that you have your the birth and the support that you you need and you desire because we don't we talk about support and it's just a word that we throw loosely but you definitely we're here to 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 support you in any way that you can and i'm just encouraging you i'm going to put a link here if you are looking for a free consultation if you're trying to conceive you know someone who could use the support of a doula i'm going to drop the link to my website and you can hit me up send an email let me know you know, if you have any questions, just send it to me and we'll, we'll make it happen. You know, I, even if you make, I do have virtual services as well as in person, but it's, it's just a important thing for you to have a doula because we, we need someone who's here to advocate on our behalf when we're not in the best frame of mind, when our body is doing what it needs to do to bring our babies outside. So definitely think about or consider getting a doula and make sure that you're priming your bodies as you prepare to even get pregnant so guys that is why i hope i shared why i became a doula and i will say you know it's 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 a passion of mine to really and truly educate empower and just keep it real like i like being a doula because i want to educate those in the general public about the different phases and the things that your bodies go through from all aspects from nutrition to physical movement to breathing to all, everything that you can think of and you know i've had clients or even the people some people who i work with they could be on baby number three or even on baby number five. And there's still things that they did not know. So it's it's trying to fix that stigma or put that education out there so people can know. People can, you know, you can make your informed decision. You can actually know what to expect so that no one can, I will say, take advantage of you. So I became a doula because I like, one, it was my way to get into the maternal and child health field in public health. And now I'm thriving. I'm actually in grad school for that as well now. So. Life has come pretty full circle since 2010 when I experienced my sister having to have an emergency C-section at 21 weeks 
because she had some fluids and these different things leaking and it was just was not safe for the baby. Having to, quote unquote, fight or advocate for my sister because they were leaning towards termination or the negative aspect of, you know, that 50-50. I was like, no, we're faith-based people. We're going to pray. We're going to hope for the rest. We're going to do everything we possibly can before we give up. And then here my niece is here. She was born three days after her auntie, you know, so we're both Gemini's. So that you know. <laughs> but that was my first foot in anything maternal health and then finding my footing in public health and having my professor slash my mentor help me build a five year plan. We're we're actually in year probably year two of that five year plan to be honest. But having people I can bounce ideas or talk to who would encourage me to become a doula so I can get my foot into maternal and child. And because of my re- my experience being a doula, it has provided me opportunities, both professionally and personally, you know? So that's, that's just really a good thing. So I became a doula because I want to educate the general public and especially to educate my community, my African-American, my Black people, because sometimes we, we often, we're not, we know what there's just more that we can know and also just to serve those in underserved communities, even people who may not be able to afford a doula because the idea sometimes doula can seem like something that's a privilege or it's idolized or it's whatever we, we want to call it. It's only for those who are rich. No, a doula is for everybody. That's why I make it a mission that I, I have, I serve those in underserved communities to those who are not even underserved. It doesn't matter where in the spectrum you fall. I'm going to provide my service because my service or being a doula has, there's no discrimination with what your gender, race, whatever it is, we all do need that support. So we definitely, it's my goal has always been to give back to the community, give back to those who are often left out. And so that's that's one of my reasons why I became a doula, why I love being a doula. And of course, you know, I like looking at vaginas. I love seeing it go to work. And I, I love imagining what happens, you know, when you first, yeah. I'm going to leave it as that. I just like seeing what, I, you know, I just imagine, wow, can you imagine you were just having sex and then boom, the sperm fertilize the eggs and then here you are nine months later, however long later, and now your vagina is doing this amazing thing and you're pushing this big head baby out. You know, all these are different things. And I, I, I love it. I love what I do. I really, really do. And I hope this episode, I provided some insight. Maybe I'll go in more in depth as to what, you know, more about doing as well. You know, I know some of these things that you already know in a sense, but we're just here to provide the emotional, physical support and informational support to you guys. We are, you know, we're the ones that are seeing you more than your doctors. We're making sure that you're prepped for when you go to these appointments. So really do consider hiring a doula. One, if you're trying to conceive, you know, as soon as you get pregnant and you know, I'm going to need the support, you definitely want to think about hiring a doula. Like I said, I'll put my link. Any questions you may have, you're free to send me an email and DM on Instagram, whatever it is. And, you know, I'll, I'll answer them. So I hope this episode was, I'm not, I don't want to say inspiring, but I was just, it's just an honor to share my journey. It's, I wanted it to be short, but you know me, you know, I, I, I could not cut that journey into why I became a doula short. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review, guys. Help me out here. You know, I'm on this consistent train. I have some goals that I want to attain by summer. Help a girl out. Just help me out here in these streets. But I am looking forward to the rest of this series. We are now, if you happen, if you made it to the end, or if you just fast forward in between, and you didn't hear what I said in the beginning, I this is our maternal health series, and we have quite a few interesting but very good topics to talk about. We're going to talk about it all. 
We're not going to have any filter. We're going to keep it as it is. So definitely looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tea with Tanya. And I'll see you back here in my tea tasting room next week. Have a good day, wherever you are.